This is the I Will Teach You a Language podcast, episode 99. Welcome to the I Will Teach You a Language podcast. Weekly motivation and language learning tips to help you become fluent in any language. Now, here's your host, Ollie Richards. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for listening. This is episode 99. We're closing in fast on the big 100. I'm really, really excited. I've been getting some great messages from you guys. So thanks to all of you who have submitted something so far. If you haven't, if you'd still like to to contribute to this episode 100, there's still time. Um, all you've got to do is go over to IWillTeachYourLanguage.com forward slash ask, and I want you to tell me your name, where you're from, and simply one thing about language learning that you've learned from the show, from this podcast or from me or the, the blog or anything, anything like that. There's still time. So definitely get involved if that's something you'd like to do. Now, before we move on to today's question, let's take a second to thank the sponsors of the show, italki. And italki is the place to get the most convenient language lessons on the entire internet. From the comfort of your own home, you can take lessons in virtually any language with professional teachers. And to get a free lesson, head over to IWillTeachYouALanguage.com forward slash free lesson. Now, we're going to continue the theme of writing today. Is it writing or reading? I guess it's a bit, well, actually it's reading. It's not really writing, but it's kind of kind of related, right? We're going to continue the theme from last week, slightly, kind of, with a great question from Isabel. Hi, Ali. My name is Isabel. I'm from Norway, but I'm living in London, and I'm trying to learn Korean. And seeing as Korean uses a different alphabet than I'm used to, I was just wondering if you had any tips on how to speed up my reading. Thank you. Hey Isabel, thank you very much for your question. Great to hear from you and great to hear you're in London as well. I hope that means you'll be coming to the Polyglot Pub <laughs> next week, Thursday 28th of April. Uh, it'd be great to see you then. Anyone else, any of you, any, anyone else listening who's in London, definitely come down to that. If you'd like more information, you can find it uh, in the Facebook group. You can just go to Facebook and search for Polyglot Pub and you'll find it there. We run it at the end of every month um, and the next one's coming up really soon. So cool. Anyway, we're going to talk about <laughs> foreign alphabets here. And, you know, it's kind of difficult to give a generic answer because each each non-Latin alphabet presents its own challenges. Um, but I know what it's like when you when you first start learning a language with a different alphabet because it can be really, it can be really off-putting um, because everything's so slow, right? Now, the thing is, if you're learning a language like Chinese or Japanese, for example, then the challenge really... Um, doesn't end for a long time because there's just simply so much to learn. But um, I think, you know, languages like Korean, like Arabic, they are relatively straightforward because you've got a limited number of things to learn. And, you know, in the case of Korean, Korean's a very interesting, the story of Korean is very interesting for anybody who's not familiar with that. Uh, there's only 24 characters in the alphabet, actually, so it's very similar to to English. And Arabic, actually, for that matter. And the, the history is crazy because it was actually invented from scratch about um, five, six hundred years ago. Before that, um, the Koreans used used the Chinese alphabet for a long time. And they still do to a certain extent. It's kind of uh, quite a topic of debate at the moment um, in Korea about whether about the real role of Chinese. But for, for all extents and purposes. Uh, the, the new Korean alphabet is what is used throughout. So you, you've got a, a relatively easy, well, how could I say, a relatively str- a limited task of learning the, the the Korean alphabet. And you've also got the advantage that Korean is, um, the pronunciation of the Korean language is reflected in the characters as well, which again is something like in Chinese you don't have. 
You know, if you learn a Chinese character, if you learn to read or write it, you have no idea how to pronounce it. So, you know, um, not trying to say that Korean's easy, but what I'm what I'm what I'm trying to get across is that it is it's a finite task, and it's not going to take you. The end is in sight, right? And I think that's important because it means that you, unlike Chinese or Cantonese, you you're totally justified in spending a lot of your time right at the beginning really learning to read and write well because you can do it it's definitely achievable and once you do you've got the huge advantage of being able to keep all of your studies in the language itself right now i went through this recently with arabic and i made the mistake i think because well i had previously learned uh, japanese and chinese and uh, obviously both of those have chinese characters and are difficult for all the reasons that i've explained and so i and specifically in the case of Cantonese, used romanization for a long time, and I still do actually. And so when I started approaching Arabic, I did the same thing. I tried to write in English, but what, well, in the, in the Latin alphabet. But I found that that was great at the beginning for just being able to to record stuff and take notes. But I very quickly found the limitations of that because there are, you know, you need to be able to 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 read and there's too much that in in the case of arabic for example in the pronunciation is simply not reflected in english characters so i had to, I used to have to kind of invent little symbols for myself to mark the difference between a t and a t or a k and a k for example in arabic um so i then went on a mission to learn the the arabic alphabet and it was actually really easy um you know to actually get the basic characters, you can do it in a few days. Now, I guess what the stage that you're at, Isabel, I'm guessing, reading between the lines, is that you already know to read how to read and write Korean, but it's just slow, right? And in that case, there really is only one thing you need to do, okay, <laughs> which is to practice. And I know that's not a very helpful answer, but the thing is that, you know, I, I think there are a number of you know, little tips and tricks that one could give here for how to perhaps read slightly faster. But, you know, 99% of your gains, 99% of what you're going to, of what's going to help you improve your command of Korean, of reading and writing, is going to come from nothing more than practice. It's like learning the numbers in another language. You know, I remember at a recent um, Polyglot workshop, someone asked us, you know, what's the best way to learn the numbers in a foreign language? And the, the answer we gave was just practice and it's the same with um with 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 korean with learning to read and write the alphabet it's just practice now if it was a language like chinese i i wouldn't be giving this advice because it's going to take you so long to learn all the chinese the thousands of chinese characters you need that there's a big opportunity cost there right all the time that you're spending learning to read and write chinese characters you're not doing other stuff like learning vocabulary, like learning grammar, whatever, learning to speak. But in the case of Korean, because it's restricted, because it's limited, then you absolutely should spend all of your time at the beginning learning to read and write, spend time every day uh, just practicing reading, and it is going to improve really, really quickly. Okay, It's just a case of persisting, and whatever you do, keep away from romanization, all right? 100%. So I hope that's helpful. Again, as is often the case with these things, it might not be the answer that you were necessarily hoping for. But, you know, trust me, it's not, once you've broken the back of it, it's really not as as daunting as it seems.
and especially once your vocabulary starts to improve as well, and you can recognize the um, the words that you're actually reading because you can sound them out. You you know you're, you're going to improve really really quickly. So I hope that's helpful, Isabel. And thank you very much for listening. If you'd like to ask me a question, you can. You can go to iwillteachyourlanguage.com forward slash ask to do that. Um, at the end of every episode, I like to leave you with a resource of some kind on the topic of the show. And we've been talking about Korean today, and it, it really is fascinating. So I'm going to give you an article from the Omniglot blog, which is a huge language reference website. And um, I'll, I'll put the link in the show notes, but it's all about the history of the Korean alphabet. And if you haven't seen the Korean alphabet before, you should definitely check it out because it's really, really unique. Very beautiful as well. Very kind of angular, very distinctive. I'll put the link to that in the show notes which will be at iwillteachyourlanguage.com forward slash episode 99. You know what's up next. It's episode 100. So thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you in the next episode of the podcast.